Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork. For today's episode, I will be sharing an excerpt from one of my books called You Got This, An Action Plan to Calm Fear, Anxiety, Worry, and Stress. With all the disturbing current events we're facing, people all around the world are experiencing overwhelmingly high levels of stress right now. I feel strongly about the need to help empower people to be resilient and able to handle their problems. You Got This is a thoroughly researched, easy-to-read, well-designed action plan to calm feelings of fear, anxiety, worry, and stress with a wide variety of proven cognitive behavioral therapy techniques that empower people to regain a sense of peace and control in their lives. You Got This will show you how to decrease stressors, increase coping skills, increase confidence, increase resilience, and find solutions to your problems. The book is available in paperback and ebook formats on Amazon. Today's excerpt highlights one of the many tools shared in the book. These tools are part of the section of the book called Daily Action Steps. If we want to make positive changes in our lives, then learning new information simply isn't enough. Change requires action. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but there is no other way. However, it doesn't have to be hard, overwhelming, or take a lot of time. Rather than expecting someone to completely overhaul their lives overnight, these action steps are broken down into small, bite-sized pieces that are simple and short so that they can be completed by real people who are living real lives. It's going to be okay. You got this. Today, we're going to talk about finding solutions. The purpose for the action step today is to begin looking for answers to your problems. Remember that you are the expert on you and your situation. Chances are that you already have many of the answers inside of you. But until you can calm down enough to get a greater perspective, you might not be able to see them. One way to see that you really do have solutions inside of you is to pretend that you're giving advice to someone else. And that's part of what we're going to do today. We're going to fill out a chart that includes a stressful event or situation, as well as our thoughts and emotions relating to that event, similar to the CBT triangle we did earlier. But we're also going to add two more things. One is where we look to see if there are any automatic thoughts and cognitive distortions, like personalization, selective attention, mental filtering, fortune-telling, mind-reading, catastrophizing, overgeneralization, labeling, shooting and musting, emotional reasoning, magnification and minimization, black and white or all-or-nothing thinking, or perfectionism. The final column is self-advice. If this were a friend coming to you for advice, what would you recommend? I'll give examples from the three stories in the introduction. 
in the near-miss story where Lewis was flying up the canyon. The event was Lewis flying up the canyon. The thoughts were, I want Ron to be impressed, and we're going to die. In the box with the emotions, I would put pride, fear, worry, stress, anxiety, terror, and panic. Under the cognitive distortions box, I would put pride, personalization, mind reading, using social comparison to determine self-worth. Then, with all of that information, give some recommendations as if you were giving this to a friend and not to yourself. In this situation, my recommendations would be, first, never fly up a canyon. If you want to see a canyon, you start at the top, and then you fly down the canyon. My second bit of advice would be to remember your own inherent self-worth. Your friend's opinion of you is not that important. You don't need to prove anything to him. Now, in the second story of the dreaded phone calls, the event, of course, is the phone calls, the thoughts were, I don't want to do this, they're going to reject me, nobody likes me, and I don't know what to say. The emotion box, I would put fear, worry, stress, anxiety, dread, and guilt. In the cognitive distortions box, I would include personalization, mind reading, selective attention, catastrophizing, fortune telling, emotional reasoning, and overgeneralization. With all of that information, if I were to give a recommendation to a friend, my advice would be to carefully review all the cognitive distortions and notice that most of them stem from a lack of self-worth. By gaining confidence in my own inherent self-worth, those other issues fade away into manageable tasks. Another piece of advice is to stop procrastinating. I could either use the five-second rule that is listed in the first aid section of this book, where you count down from five to one and then act immediately, or write down on the calendar that I will make the phone calls on Sunday at 7 p.m. Writing down a specific date and time can help our brains put that worry on hold for a little while. That way, I wouldn't need to worry and fret on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It would give me several days without feeling guilty and stressed, rather than feeling constantly guilty and stressed. Then I could use the five-second rule to help me get through the anxiety of making the calls on Sunday at 7 p.m. The third story is the Granola Days example. So the event is poverty and that the landlord is raising the rent. My thoughts were, how are we going to pay the rent? And I'm embarrassed that we're so poor. And we're worse off than a teenage mom on welfare. And we're never going to be successful. In the emotions box, I would include fear, worry, stress, anxiety, shame, panic, discouraged, depressed, and hopeless. Under the cognitive distortions box, I would include 
personalization, selective attention, catastrophizing, fortune-telling, emotional reasoning, overgeneralization, labeling, all-or-nothing thinking, and mind-reading. Then, if I were using this information to give advice to a friend, I would say, let's fill out a social resource diagram. With very little income and the need for additional education and training, we needed immediate practical support. For us, the best solution was to allow our extended family into our circle of concern and let them know about our dire financial situation. We moved out of our apartment into my parents' basement to reduce expenses so our limited income could be used for education and training to further Lewis's career. We had to get over some of our cognitive distortions, such as thinking our self-worth was tied to our finances and success, but it all worked out. Let's also look at how we could use this diagram to help find solutions for health-related stress. Our physical health influences every aspect of our lives. Do you have any concerns about your health? If so, start with the basic questions. How bad is this? Can I survive this? Is it permanent? Is it temporary? Can you put it into perspective? If you're enjoying good or moderate health, perhaps health stress is just taking preventative measures or doing something to boost energy. If you're dealing with a chronic illness, then evaluating a social support diagram might be helpful, or working on finding meaning and purpose, or increasing the positive feelings of gratitude. You are the expert on your situation. Using this information, you could fill out a chart and give yourself advice on any health-related concern that you may have. I hope you have enjoyed this excerpt from my book, You Got This, An Action Plan to Calm Fear, Anxiety, Worry, and Stress. I feel strongly about the need to help empower people to be resilient and able to handle their problems, so I will continue sharing excerpts from the book in other episodes of Linda's Corner. In closing, I would like to share a quote from Diane Donovan, senior reviewer at Midwest Book Review. She says, Readers will find these stress-reducing techniques to be specific, useful, and adaptable to just about any situation, large or small. See you next time on Linda's Corner.